Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeBone, and this is a happy, hippie place for talking all things magic, witches and fiction, and creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Hello, 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 hello. Thanks for joining me for episode 422 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to the Pop Witch, because the Pop Witch is today's very special guest, Pam Adams, the Pop Witch. We are going to be talking about planner nerd magic and witchy fiction, two of my favorite subjects. And what's funny about this conversation is it's just super friendly and chill very, it, it just kind of goes off the rails with the witchy fiction and we just turn into like two fans, two fans being like, do you know this book? What about this book? Have you ever heard of this book? Oh, I like this book because of this. <laughs> and I don't mind it at all. I don't mind it at all because I love my fellow book nerds. And if you love witchy fiction, I think you'll really love it too. Before we get into that, though, I have to thank the amazing, super awesome, favoritest, favoritest people. Those of you who are supporting the show over on Patreon, thank you so much for helping me keep the lights on around here. And I want to give a special thank you to three new patrons whose names are going to be very difficult for me to pronounce, even though one of you... One of you, I was very excited to see because I've known you for a few years, Pax Nova. I think I can say your name, Pax Nova, without issue, although it's a very unusual name. So, hello. Thank you for supporting the show on Patreon. And then Aline Verheyen. And this is the one that's the hardest for me. I'm going to try my best. Sautra. Sautra. S-A-U-T-R-A-H. Thank you so much for supporting the Hippie Witch Podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys are appreciating the tons and tons and tons and tons of bonus content over there, including the bonus bonus content. Because <laughs> I always make what I promise that once a week there's new content over on Patreon, new podcasts, new videos. And then sometimes I just can't shut up. So I throw extra stuff in there too, extra videos and stuff. And then I call that... Bonus content, which is funny because the whole thing is bonus content. So I also, sorry, my speaking of pop, my pop filter is like slowly sinking down and I keep whacking it with my hands. So forgive me if that's making some extra noise, but I actually wanted to talk about the noise because I bought myself wind chimes for my birthday I have long wanted a set of just really beautiful, simple wind chimes. I love that sound. And I didn't want to spend the extra money on it for some reason. Like when I would go to look at them, they seemed a little pricey. And I didn't want to ask 
for it for a birthday present because I was afraid I would get something kind of hokey or tacky or something I didn't like and then I'd have to hang it because my dad got it for me or whatever. (laughs) So I ended up buying them for myself because I get myself birthday presents every year and then I could justify it. And I am so excited because tonight it's just, it's not windy, but it's just breezy enough to where they're like, ting, ching, ching, ching. There's something about it that is so magical to me. And my whole situation in the backyard is magical because I have those string lights, those large string lights strung across the yard. And then in Cambria... The last time, not the last, the second to last time we were in Cambria, there's this place I always go to. If you're ever in Cambria, you should go. It's the cutest, most special magic shop ever. It's called Spellbound Herbs. And it looks like the Practical Magic House. It's It looks like that, and then it's super packed with witchy stuff on the inside. And then there is this magical garden that is, it's just so whimsical and so beautiful. You can get lost in it. It's fabulous. And there's this tree in the center that says, don't feed the fairies. And it has these strings of mirrors. So each string has like a line of circular mirrors. It's hard to explain this in audio, but I hope you're getting the picture. Like these mirrors are suspended on a transparent string, just like one line of circular mirrors. But this tree is covered in them. And then it kind of acts like a disco ball in the sunlight and these little dots of light like, ooh, spacey disco ball. It's just It's just so, it transports you to another mindset when you're walking through their garden. So I got one, (laughs) one of these strings for my yard. And it's probably a good thing because it drives my cats crazy. They love it, but also I think it exhausts them a little bit because they like to chase the little light dots around. And then, of course, they can never catch them. And I feel like if I had a whole tree full of those things, those poor cats They'd just be skin and bones because they would just spend all their energy chasing the magical dots that they can never catch. So I have I have the disco ball light going on, these little dots of light like swimming through the yard. I've even seen, oh, this is the cutest. I've even seen the feral cats in our neighborhood. Sometimes they come sniffing around for cat food or we have a lot of fruit trees and food will fall on the ground around here so these cats will come around sometimes and I saw one playing with the dots of light and it was so cute because they're not friendly cats they don't like people but to see it just acting like you know your pet would it was adorable so we have that we have the lights and now we have the wind chimes and the whole vibe is complete I love it so much And then also, because this is a book nerdy episode and I am the book nerdiest book nerd, I wanted to read a passage to you, a couple of passages from a book I am reading right now. I just read these passages this morning and I was so smitten with it. I am, I think, five. Okay, so this is at the end of the fourth chapter of this book. So I've just reached the fifth chapter of Leigh Bardugo's Ninth House, which is a brand spanking new book. I got a Barnes and Noble gift card for my birthday, and this is what I ended up buying with it. And to me, this was a big purchase, even though it was with a gift card, because I don't typically buy hardcover. This is a beautiful edition, it's an autographed copy. It's 
gorgeous, but I could have got a couple of books for this price, especially with their very interesting buy one, get 50% off table. <laughs> but I just couldn't resist the hype. I had seen quite a bit of hype for this book on Twitter, and I was super curious. Lee Bardugo is a really popular YA fantasy author, and this is her first adult book. Although to me, it kind of reads, it's very sophisticated and intelligent, but to me, it kind of reads like YA goth. It has elements of horror for sure, and it's a little bit more gory than I expected, or maybe a lot more gory than I expected. So trigger alert for those of you who that might be disturbing to. And I wasn't sure, once I brought it home and I started to read it, it took a few chapters to get into it. I didn't know if I was going to like it. I was like, oh, this isn't really my thing. I could tell the writing was gorgeous. She's an amazing writer. It's almost distracting to me when a writer is that good because then I sit there like just savoring the sentence and be like, wow, look how well that sentence is constructed. Damn, I could wish I could write a sentence like that. It's really, she's a great writer. Like you can tell this woman has been around for some time and she has perfected her craft. It's just, it just wasn't grabbing me at first because I, I don't know what I was looking for. I just didn't know if I was in the mood for this. But as it went along, I was super relieved because to me, again, this, I thought this was a big purchase, even though it was a gift card purchase. I was like, oh, I could have gotten a couple of other books for this price. But I did start getting into it and really loving it. And then once I got to these couple of paragraphs I'm going to read to you, I was like, sold, sold. <laughs> so this is where I am in the book. But I thought you might appreciate this, okay? So the the, the lead character, the protagonist, sees ghosts. And that's all you need to know to understand this. Okay, so the the mentor that she's working with is the one talking right now. He says... She's seen the dead, he thought. She's witnessed horrors, but she's never seen magic. This was why he had done it, not because of guilt or pride, but because this was the moment he'd been waiting for, the chance to show someone else wonder, to watch them realize that they had not been lied to, that the world they'd been promised as children was not something that had to be abandoned, that there really was something lurking in the wood, beneath the stairs, between the stars, that everything was full of mystery. This scene is really cool. Oh, it's really cool. I don't want to tell you what's happening, but he shows her magic, and it's the first time she's ever seen magic, and it's a super cool magic spell. All of a sudden, this book just starts getting more Hogwartsy in this chapter to me. <laughs> I was very delighted about that, and it takes place on the Yale campus with an emphasis on all the faux ancient buildings and symbolism that are baked into that campus, which also gives it a very magical feel. Okay, and so then this is how the chapter ends. She smiled then, a small thing, a glimpse of the girl lurking inside her, a happy, less haunted girl. That was what magic did. It revealed the heart of who you had been before life took away your belief in the possible. It gave back the world all lonely children longed for. That's what Lethe had done for him. Maybe it could do that for Alex as well. Ooh, this book. I'm so excited to read. 
the rest of this book <laughs> and then move on to The Night Jar by Deborah Hewitt. To achieve the incredible, she must attempt the impossible. Two worlds collide when her magic takes flight. Yes, this is another black book. The book that got me started on the black book rampage I've already mentioned to you. That was Wink, Poppy, Midnight by April Genevieve Tuchoke. I still don't know how to say her last name, but this is the prettiest book cover. It's one of the prettiest book covers I've ever had. That's why I picked the book up. And then I just fell into this dark, sensual, gothic, teenage love triangle. And I was just, I couldn't read this book fast enough. And then I was sad that it was over. So then I went and got the book that she had written before this book that's called Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. And I loved that one too. And in between those two books, I read the book that we are all currently reading together for the book club over on Patreon, The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. And that book is a trip. That's another one that I was like, huh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I don't know. Like, it took a second to get into it. And then once I was into it, I had a fabulous time and was suggesting it to the group, like, can we do this? for a book club pick because I'm really excited to hear what other people think of it but what I have found is it's a weird book to do for a book club because you don't want to give any spoilers it's a murder mystery and so <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk about so that that's my little book nerd situation for fall apparently this is the season of the black book and I will be posting pictures of my black books on Instagram right after this goes up with a picture of the pop witch planner my pop witch planner which pam adams aka the pop witch so nicely sent to me she shot me an email one day and said hey i have this planner do you want to review it she didn't even ask to be a guest on the show she just wanted to show me the planner and see if i was interested in spreading the word about it and she showed me some pictures of it or I went snooping around. I can't remember if I went like spying on the Pop Witch to see what it looked like or if she linked pictures to me. But at any rate, I saw what the planner looked like and I was immediately writing back like, yes, go ahead and send me that planner, lady. <laughs> and I had a feeling that I would want to have her on the show because I'm a planner nerd and I thought, oh, this is a good time of year to do that. Because this is the time of year when we're all looking to buy a new planner. And since it's a witchy planner, I thought that would be fun. But I held off on saying that until I got the planner in my hand. Because I wanted to see how the quality was. And if it looked as good in person as it looked online. And then, of course, it did. Because I ended up inviting her on the show. And then here we are now. Talking about the Pop Witch Planner and witchy fiction. And because she is such a fan, such a book nerdy fan, what was funny is after the interview, she emailed me. She's like, oh my gosh, there's so many books I didn't mention. Here is my official <laughs> list of, in my opinion, the best witchy fiction books out on the market today. 
And so I just like screenshotted that email and turned it into a little meme that I stuck on. It's on my website. You won't be able to see it on Blog Talk Radio. But if you go to joannadevoe.com and you go to, let's see, episode 422 of Hippie Witch, you can see this little graphic of Pam Adams you know, best of witchy fiction happening right now. You can see her list. I thought I had to include that, right? It's important. It's important stuff when you're talking about witchy fiction. So (laughs) this is a really fun episode. I think you're going to love it. So without any further ado, here she is, Pam Adams, the pop witch. Hi, Pam. Welcome to Hippie Witch. Hi, Joanna. Thanks for having me. I'm so very thrilled to be holding in my hands right now the Pop Witch Day Planner. Do you know that I'm a planner nerd? I didn't know. I just decided to put myself out there and take a shot because I Uh, really love your show. You aimed in the right direction. I'm a ridiculous planner nerd. I'm into it. And when you're like, hey, do you want to check out this planner? I... I made, I was like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yes. Well, and also it, time is of the essence because people are buying their 2020 planners right now. And this one is so witchy. And I love that right when you open it up, it says this planner belongs to a badass witch. Yeah. It's so great because it feels personal. It feels like handmade, even though I'm sure it's not all handmade, but it it's, it has that yeah, feeling. It's handmade. It's pretty handmade. You might be surprised. Really? Um, yeah. Like it's, it's actually, it's actually a lot of work, but yeah, I put a lot of love into each planner. Like I cut the chipboard covers by hand. Like I hand wrap the covers. I bind them like by hand. I hammer on those little corners. <laughs> okay. I'm seeing, I'm holding it in my hand right now. I'm trying not to be squeaky because it's a spiral bound and I wanted to look at it while I talk to you. <laughs> I'm seeing this is handmade. So the pages are printed, but then yeah. the whole, the cover and mm-hmm. then the inside, the sparkly, what is this? Like the inside cover. It's like a silver glitter holographic type of contact paper. I'm trying to... If somebody who doesn't know what it looks like, I'm trying to figure out how I could describe it. But yeah. Holographic and sparkly is a good way. It's like this glittery inside and it's very smooth. But then there's that, you did the stretchy, the elastic that like Mm -hmm. keeps the whole thing closed. That is super glittery. And Mm -hmm. I I feel the love. I'm feeling the love. Did you do the illustrations for this too? Mm -hmm. Yep. I do the illustrations. I do all the design. I do the writing to the extent that there's, there's some writing in there. Um, I wrote the appendix, uh, appendices, I guess it's like my, my own, it's very personal. Like you said, it's my project. Mm-hmm. And it, the name, I mean, you are the pop witch and I think this has that feel to it. It like very much feels like the name, but what I love is it's, you know, it's magical. You're talking about correspondences. You're talking about moon phases. It's definitely a witchy planner, but what sets it apart is that that handmade feeling because it's made with love from like an actual human being and not just a human being, a witch. A witch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically like 
I, I made this for myself. So I just made everything that I was looking for, for myself, for my practice, for my day-to-day life and my nerdy planner love and stationary and office supply love, which is why I make them by hand because they're just things that I really wanted in a planner that I just couldn't find having somebody else make it like having a hardcover and a glitter lining and an elastic bookmark Mm -hmm. and it has a pink pocket in the back which I love I always need a pocket because as I'm going through the year like you get a little postcard or a little you know thingy like a a piece of paper from a special hotel you stay at or something like that or a special yeah, birthday card like you're going to a workshop and you want to like print out your confirmation and make sure you don't lose it or like when I was a student I would have a copy of my class schedule I like yeah. to keep that stuff in the planner though because I keep my planners year after year so they become like diaries so I can mm-hmm. open up like 2008 and be like oh my god we totally stayed at that cabin in the woods that year and then I have like a little memento of it tucked in the pocket yeah totally and you look at your little to-do list and it's like wow I was getting a lot done how are you creating these illustrations or do you create them on the computer so these ones I I do a lot of different a lot of different type of art. So it's a combination of by hand and digital. This one, this year's has a lot of like collage aspects. So I did some paper treatments just, it, you know, by hand for fun. One full moon, I was kind of just playing with construction paper and different media and just playing and having fun. And then I ended up cutting it up to make the collage aspects, but it's a mix. I did the, the monthly illustrations. I did the drawings by hand just with, you know, pen and pencil and then scan them in. And then they have some, some digital collage aspects as well. Yeah. The one I have right now is July and I love, I love that she's like a young black woman with hips and she's wearing like a tie dye dress. And I just love the, I love illustrations. I'm such a sucker for an illustrated book. And this feels very modern and fresh and like what people want now, like different, different representations of different kinds of people. So everybody can see themselves, you know, when they're yeah. flipping through. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a subliminal message in this planner of black is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or even just in your face, in your face message, not even subliminal. (laughs) Like I'm getting it. Cause cause it's, it's sad to say this, but it's still unexpected, even though we're moving in that direction. Like this is the first girl I turned to and I was like, all right, right on. Like we have a black woman right here. First thing. Yeah. Yeah. And because yes. she's that's so a, like... That's a real outfit that I have that makes me feel magical. <laughs> oh, I love that. And because she's so like groovy and hippie-ish, of course, I totally relate. Sure. Yeah. She's got like the little stripy socks on <laughs> with her platform sandals. And I just, I, I love the style. It's not going to be for everybody, but it's going to be for a very specific kind of hippie, witchy, kick-ass witch, badass witch, modern pop culture type of person. Exactly. Yeah. It's not going to be for everybody, but I think that if it's not for you, there very well may be something that is for you already out there. 
Yes. Because like, I think a lot of hippie or not hippie, a lot of witch stuff tends to be very bohemian and very like, you want to have like the faux distressed pages and like the worn look of book of shadows that they use on the charm TV show, which is awesome. Like I love charmed, but stuff for, if you don't actually live in that little cottage in the woods, if it's a representation of kind of a life like mine, like a young millennial witch who maybe lives in the city and maybe is just as influenced by Celtic lore as I have been by Charmed and Sailor Moon. Yeah. <laughs> kind of captures that style. Yeah. And that's today's modern witch. And what you said is so perfect. Like if this isn't your style, your style, you, there probably already is one. I think that's why I like this one so much because for me, and no offense to the creators of the other witchy planners that I've seen, but there, it's just not my personal aesthetic. It's not my personal flavor. And I love the use of watercolor. Like it's super bright. Uh, let me get, let me give people an idea of, I mean, I'm yeah. going to post a picture of it for sure on Instagram. And then that's going to be a whole decision. Like what page do I share? <laughs> but you know, just the, it's a weekly planner basically. And at the top of every week, there's a goal section that says manifest that shit. (laughs) Just to give you an idea of like the vibe, it literally says manifest that shit at the top of every, every week. And then it's just plain black and white. And then it has like major astrological events that are happening. And then is it the four phases of the moon that you're including like new... Yeah, new full first and last quarter. Okay. So it looks like what you would expect a planner to look like, but then each month has these illustrations that we're talking about. And then kind of a, I would say a magic spell or Mm -hmm. a magical, I I already turned off that page, but like July has a very Leo vibe to me. It's very much like, you know, dress in your power. The one I'm on right now is September. It's cooking with intention. And then the month overview is watercolor, super bright watercolor. Did you do that by hand? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did that by hand on like paper treatments and then digitally edited it with the calendars that I made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then in addition to that, every month has a new moon intention section And that's pretty in-depth as well. That was after my 2018 planner. I asked for feedback from people. What would they like in future planners? And somebody said maybe more space to set new moon intentions. Because I used to just have it with the goal section. If it was a new moon that week, there was a place to put your new moon intention. So this one has like pretty in-depth handful of pages of a guided thorough intention setting journaling sesh. And it helps too, because we live in, you know, this 12 month, the the boxes of the 12 month year, but really we have like a 13 moon year technically. Mm -hmm. So I love that it allows you to incorporate that into, you know, it's modern life. (laughs) You need to know what's going on in January, but then you still have a section there to like get down with the new moon. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like your average, really busy witch who's still trying to be cute. Who, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I 
had the experience when I was a relatively new witch where I'd be in my planner and then all of a sudden I'd be like, oh man, I missed the full moon or like, oh man, the full moon is coming up. But I scheduled time to hang out with, you know, somebody who's not witchy because I made plans like three weeks ago and I just didn't have it on my calendar. Yeah. And the moon tides weren't like flowing within me Mm -hmm. (laughs) or I was just aware of that at any given moment. So I used to like painstakingly look up all the full moon full of new moons and like write them in their sign in my planner so that I could not like have a, I don't know, a study group on that day or whatever, so that I could be free to do some ritual. And it was just kind of a, a pain in the ass. I was like, this should already be out there. But like you said, I couldn't find one in my style. And then I was like, I should make it myself. And if I make it myself, I'm going to add all this other stuff too. And then I have all, and then, then I have this planner. Yeah, there's a section for spells and rituals at the end. And then I think this would be a really good book for somebody who's like witch curious and Mm -hmm. wants to maybe go through the year in a magical way, but doesn't really know very much about it because it kind of gives you a basic structure. And then like the month, those illustrations that come at the top of the month with like a little, I don't know what to call it because it's not necessarily a bell it's like a magical like wisdom like wisdom for the month but yeah Mm -hmm. sometimes it's suggesting a ritual and sometimes it's just kind of my personal musings on the topic I like that it's it's pretty basic and and you can make it as magical as you want so like the the first one is like a tea ritual basically or and it all goes with the time of the year like I was saying July uh it has this sort of like Leo vibe to it, (laughs) in my opinion. And I'm assuming that's intentional. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I sat down. So the theme for the monthly illustrations is just everyday magic. So I sat down and was like, okay, what are the ways that I incorporate magic, like magic into the mundane? You know, how do I make my everyday life just more magical without necessarily not not necessarily including like the big spell casting and the more elaborate rituals that might be more personal to my practice. And I listed out like, you know, obviously I wanted 12 illustrations and then I just ordered them and they happened to fit really well with, you know, I tried to order them in a way that was seasonally appropriate. You did. You did. I mean, I was thinking like March is something about moving your body and like that's mm-hmm. the time of year we're all like, oh yeah, I'm going to be wearing a bathing suit soon. I maybe should start moving my ass around a little bit. <laughs> it's like just starting to get sunny enough that you can come out of hibernation. Yeah. So what is the pop witch about specifically? How did I come up with that name? Yeah, like why are you the pop witch? Well, I came up with the planner first. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this planner for myself and I don't really see anything else like it. So I, I bet other people would like it too. And then I was trying to come up with a name. And it's not a direct reference to anything. I think that you really kind of got the vibe right when we first started talking I just kind of wanted to capture a feel of like you know this isn't your mama's witch biz it's it's pop culture and it's I I do have a lot of pop culture influence in my personal practice and in my imagery so I I, that's where I came up with the word pop 
I remember I did an episode years ago called um, something about creating your own pop pantheon. And Mm. people loved that. They still reference it to this day, but now I've really seen, it's kind of that thing, like once something's in your awareness, you start seeing it everywhere. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have like these candles now that'll have, you know, Dolly Parton, St. Dolly on them or whatever. And people will incorporate instead of like ye old gods on the altar, they'll have some Funko Pop (laughs) statue from their favorite, you know, like Fantastic Beasts or something like that. And I think, I think it's legit. I think you can incorporate pop figures into your magical practice because it's truly just our our modern language of mythology it's the same mythology that reaches back throughout the centuries it's just our our personal language for interpreting those myths Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I was going to say I think it's legit too and in my experience the more that I can personally relate to something, the more personal history it has for me, that's where more power is. So like, you know, I follow the wheel of the year and I really like that as a way to keep in touch with nature, but like a holiday that's not on the wheel of the year, like Thanksgiving that has personal history to me can a lot of times be more powerful magic because it's just deeply ingrained. Like I didn't read, Oh, what are the correspondences? What does this holiday mean? Like I know in my, you know, internally what it means and I can get in touch with that feeling. That's really important for the visualization of spell casting. And I think that that can happen with, you know, maybe if it's Dolly Parton. Exactly. And I think that's such a great point about feeling. I think the temptation is to intellectualize everything and be like, I need this gigantic book on correspondence to find out what herb will pack some heat for the spell I'm trying to cast. Whereas you can really actually just sort of meditate and think like, well, what what do I feel brings the heat? Mm -hmm. And it could be like Tabasco sauce, you know, (laughs) or cinnamon or whatever it is, like something pretty obvious to you that you already have that energetic connection to. It's not intellectually manufactured. It's just a part of you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like sometimes it might be cultural, like maybe some people might use cinnamon in savory ways and some people might use it in sweet ways. And so maybe it'll be apart from the normal correspondences, but it can also be very validating. I think when you're learning to trust your own intuition to do that exercise yourself and then look it up and then be like, Oh, they said sage too. Yeah. But also the pop, witch is, you know, we're going through this witchy resurgence right now. And So I think that a lot of people who are practicing witchcraft now, we, we lived through the witchy resurgence of the nineties. And so like, that's really kind of, I learned about witchcraft from Charmed before I learned about it from books. And also just, I practice magic because I want my life to feel magical. So it's important to me to engage my imagination. Like I love witchy fiction and movies and TV shows and like that magical feeling that they have on like Harry Potter or my little pony. Like I want that. That's part of the reason why I practice magic. So I guess just not to take the whole thing too seriously. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, 
completely relate. I'm a huge, my favorite genre is not really a genre. It's witchy fiction. <laughs> it's, yeah, in my mind, that. it's a genre, but I don't know if like literary, <laughs> the literary community would acknowledge that. <laughs> I know. I actually would love to have a whole separate hour long conversation about you of just with you of just like comparing our reading lists, but yeah, well, let's do it because that's the crowd we're listening to. Like, what can you tell us? Like, what some of your favorite witchy books are? Oh my god! Okay, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I really think that I'm building the like authoritative collection of oh. Audible witchy library. But my all time favorite is Mists of Avalon, and it's kind of an outlier because it's not written like a lot of. It's it's so well written and. It's like serious literature in my mind, but also very magical and witchy and has societal commentary and has like characters who really grow and it's complicated. It feels almost like it's true to me. So that's my all-time favorite. But I've recently, let's see, about a year ago, I read Children of Blood and Bone. Did you read that one? Oh, yes. yes. Oh my God, that was so good. It's so exciting that a young woman did that to me. I don't know. To me, it was just like, wow, she's so young and she's really young. She was like 24 year old, like black woman for people who don't know. Yeah. Um, And it was great. Tomi Adiemi. So that was great. Um, a series, there's a couple series that I've kind of like devoured. And while I was reading them, I was like, this isn't that good. I'm it's like entertaining, but not like quality. And then afterwards I'm like, I want to read that again. Yeah. I have this thing. I have a secret podcast called the witchy writers journey that I do on Patreon. And I swear those people are saints for putting up with me because the last few months I have to keep bringing up twilight because (laughs) I, it's a book that like, I just had a reaction to when I read it. I just loved it. And then I saw that everybody, not everybody, but many other people did not. And they took issue with it. So I've read it a few times first to try to figure out why do I love this? Why do I like it? What, what makes it work? What's the magic? You can never get to the bottom of it when you try to do that, by the way. But, but the journey is the destination. It's fun trying to figure it out. But then also I've gone through it to be like, what, why don't people like it? What are they taking issue with? And yeah. um, so it's sometimes you just can't unpack it. You just have to enjoy what you enjoy. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, a couple series like that for me were the Dowser series by Megan Sienna Deutsch. Have you read that one? It's like cupcakes, trinkets, and other deadly magic, I think is the name of the first book in the series. And then there's maybe seven of them and they're really well read on audiobooks on audible. So that's part of the reason why it really like stuck with me. I can imagine the reader's voice and like, remember where I was in my life. And so those were really good. Another one, well, good slash like guilty pleasure, but actually still good. Like if Megan Sienna Deutsch hears this, I don't want to insult her. Like she's really good. Um, <laughs> but another one similar to that was a series, The Witchcraft Mysteries by Juliet Blackwell. And again, it's kind of a guilty pleasure. It's not for kids, but it almost could be for like the covers look like they could be for kids. It's pro- they're not challenging at all. It's about a witch who lives in San Francisco who is a vintage clothes seller and also ends up solving murder mysteries and they always involve magic somehow. <laughs> wow, so it's like a cozy mystery. Yeah, I guess so. 
Um, but what I like about those books is it actually, I feel like her depiction of magic, like the magical practice is actually like very accurate. So yeah, there, those two are kind of guilty series. Um, Oh, if you like that, you might like my friend, Jennifer David Hesse has a series called the Wiccan wheel mysteries and it's cozy mystery, but the, the main, the main sleuth is a Wiccan (laughs) and she's a Wiccan in the closet, but she incorporates magic into the books and so I have to check that out. Shout out to anybody who loves the cozy mysteries and witchy stuff. Yeah, I never even knew what cozy mysteries were. But yeah, these books are really cute. But yeah, I really like those. What else? Gosh, there's so many. I really like Garden Spells. Did you read that one? I did, yeah. I feel like it really captures... That one really transported me. And there's another... There's a sequel to it, First Frost, that I also really enjoyed and captured me. I read another one of her books recently that I wasn't as, wasn't as into. There's, there's so many, there's so many. Are you familiar with Paula Braxton? I am. And I read, well, not super familiar, but I read one, I think it was like the witch's daughter or something. Oh yeah. I think that's the one that made her famous. And like I read it, but I wasn't, super sold on it so I I didn't read more yeah I read the midnight witch and I was just madly in love with it I was like I love this book and books are so funny because they're really personal and Mm -hmm. I think it's a time sensitive issue like the right book finds you at the right time and you can be so evangelical about it I have this problem because I talk about books on the podcast that people will go out and buy them and they'll be like yeah I don't get it and then I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's so weird that you can love something so much and then somebody else picks up the same book and they're like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that happens. I'm like, oh, you didn't like it? Well, let's talk about it. Like, why not? Like, yes. And yeah. They're like, yeah, because Edward's a creep. Like, he's watching her while you sleep. And you're like, I know. What still? <laughs> yeah, I get, I get why people don't like Edward, who I love, which is, super problematic and definitely um, a sign of what some of my past relationships have been like. I get that. I didn't get why people thought it was not well-written. Like, so I had to go back and read that and be like, why don't you think this is well-written? Because I wasn't thinking that when I was reading it, I was just going, going on the adventure and having fun and meeting the sparkly vampire and obsessing on the forest. I was really into the forest. Yeah, sure. That's legit. I mean, I'm not, not to pick on you for your twilight thing. I just, (laughs) (laughs) those conversations can still be fun, even if you don't see eye to eye. Oh, for sure. Yeah. One book that didn't, the, um, the discovery of witches series, first of all, I love that series, but I also like, it was so hyped that it honestly didn't fully live up to the hype for me Mm. while I was reading it. But then I can't even talk because I like devoured the whole series on audiobook. Like I was joking. I was pregnant at the time and I was like, this baby's going to be born knowing like my voice, my husband's voice and like this narrator's. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's a good point actually. That probably is true. Yeah. If he ever meets Jennifer Ikeda, I think is her name. He'll be like, you seem familiar. <laughs> that book I loved I mean like I could I could eat the first book I loved the first book so much and then the second book I was like 
oh, it's fine. It's cool. And then the third book, I couldn't get through it. But having said that, my friend Molly Roberts is obsessed and would probably beat me up for saying that out <laughs> loud. So to each which her own. I think I, I got more into it as it went on. I think I let go of like what other people had said about it and got to just enjoy it for myself. But also the same criticisms people have those book, it I think really you just can't have that healthy of a relationship with a vampire if we want to like seriously discuss it. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> That's my point. He's a fucking vampire. What happens if you fall in love with a ba- vampire? It's not going to be good. <laughs> I mean, other species probably look at us and they're like, you probably can only have so healthy of a relationship with a human man. That's a good point too. Dudes out there, but you know, poor women, but still. So what's your thing about Charmed? Oh, you know what? I grew up watching Charmed. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm one of three sisters. Oh, just that. I was like, okay, I'm ready for my powers to arrive, guys. Like... (laughs) (laughs) like the power of three, here we are. And this happens to me a lot with witchy fiction, which I like is the folklore that's incorporated into the piece. Even though I know the story isn't real, I then incorporate that into my, my personal folklore. So like, like in discovery of witches, when they said that she was born, like the, her mom's water never broke and she was born in the sack. And that's a sign of a powerful witch. I'm like, oh, that's a sign of a powerful witch. Like, Mm -hmm. if that happened when I had a kid, like, wow, that kid's probably a powerful witch. So Charmed taught me that there is something very special and magical about three sisters, even if those stories didn't specifically (laughs) happen. But I think also just, I don't know, the aesthetic of it, probably my age at the time and just loving, like, the late 90s aesthetic. Like, I used to watch it every week. I just, I just love Charmed. I don't love the reboot. I started watching the reboot and I couldn't get through. Yeah. Even the first season. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about a house, a witchy house and a, oh, and a, yeah. and a witchy grimoire. I mean, it's irresistible. It's so vibey. Yeah. That house is amazing. I definitely want to live there. And yes, definitely the grimoire. Well, here's the deal. You can live in that house and I'll live in the practical magic house and we can be neighbors. Cute. That would be so cute. (laughs) Yes. I'm not obsessed with the movie Practical Magic. I'm obsessed with the house and the ants in the movie specifically. It's about the ants and it's about that house. Yeah. I love that movie too. And I recently just read that book. I had never read it. I had seen the movie many times over the years and had never read the book. Um, Mm. And actually then I read Rules of Magic recently as well. Yeah, we just read that for our book club over on Patreon. The book is so different than the movie. It's so different. Yeah. Like, it's a bit darker. I wouldn't really think that it would be... It wouldn't be a rom-com. Um, no. And, and the rules of magic is, is... It just has a certain, like, a retro vibe to it. I feel like it's a book that you kind of enter into this different world and you hang out there. And then when you leave that world, you're like, oh... Where was I? I? It's a little bit disorienting if you really get into it. I think I liked the rules of magic better than I liked the practical magic book, actually. Same. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know why exactly. I think I, it's I mean, a little bit more magical feeling. 
Yeah. It comes back to feeling. We were talking about feeling with the correspondences. And I, again, like, I think this is all quite legit if you're going to be talking about witchcraft, because we're really talking about the imaginal realm. We're talking about imagination and harnessing your own personal power, which has so much to do with resonance and feeling and energy. And for some book nerdy people, you know, a good witchy fiction book can generate all of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think a book is a great example, even more so than a TV or movie, because it, if you're into it, you're without even thinking you're doing that type of visualization that often takes practice when you're doing magic. Like you don't think about the fact that you can picture, you know, the characters so clearly and you can like imagine walking through their house and like maybe even what the dusty smell is like, or like what, you know, ants dresses would be made out of. Like you're kind of just in the world, but it's that type of visualization that that's where the power is in your magic. Absolutely. Yes. I feel that. Have you read, we're going in circles here. This is what happens when you bring up witchy fiction, but have you read Catherine Howe's The Physic Book of Deliverance Dane? Yes. I've read it a couple times. It has such summertime vibes for me. Like she's like on her summer break from grad school. So I've read it a couple times over summer. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I really enjoyed that book. Although it was a little bit, it felt a little bit predictable for me. It's just, it's hard when you're, you know, that you're reading a witchy fiction book to be like, surprise, you come from a long line of witches. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I wasn't, I wasn't hung up on where's this going. I was more kind of like I was saying about practical magic. It's not about the story. It's more about the house. I was just like, can we get back in the house, please? I wanted to hang out in the house. I love like the dock and the fog. And I... No, totally. I mean, I really enjoyed that book. Like the the um, plot progression wasn't... It was a little bit predictable for me, but I really enjoyed it. Like it really painted a picture of, of the scenery and also the characters. Like I felt like I could picture all of them. Like I know like how she dresses. Like, yeah, I really enjoyed that book. I've read it twice. Mm-hmm. I also really enjoyed, have you read The Thinking Woman's Guide to Real Magic? No. It's, it's long and there's supposed to be a sequel, but not, at this point I'm like, there's never going to be a sequel, is there? Which oh, no. sucks because it came out and I was like, oh, where's the next one? I want it right now. And then I think that was like six years ago or something. Can you say that title one more time? The Thinking Woman's Guide to Real Magic. And, and it's fiction? It's fiction. Yeah. It's, I think the name of the author is Emily Croy Barker. It could be Emily Croy Baker, but I really check it out. And it just reminded me because the main character of that one is also, uh, I I guess, um, there's a handful of witchy fiction books where the main character is a grad student. Hmm. Yeah, it lends itself well to that like scholarly book thing, I think, that we associate with that genre. Yeah, and like gives a reason why they might be researching and then discovering this like magical history. And then there's also, but then there's the series of the witches who are bakers, which I love as well. Well, what's your witchy history? Why? When did you, I guess it was watching charmed that you started actually thinking about 
the realities of witchcraft? No, it was way after. In fact, I'm like, how was I not already a witch so long ago? But I was raised Christian, pretty religious. So even though I was into that type of fiction, it was not not something that I was looking for in a spiritual path. I guess in some ways it happened gradually with like for a long time it had been, I don't know, first I was into, I started studying yoga. I got really into feng shui. I get into aromatherapy. I get into astrology, like all of those kind of witchy gateway drugs. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm already into like Charmed and Harry Potter and, you know, My Little Pony. Um, Not that they're witches, but maybe. No, Um, I've heard many, many witches reference My Little Pony. Yeah, because it's so magical. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was actually only, it's only been probably three or four years that I've really been identifying as a witch. And simultaneously with all of those interests, I also kind of was on a spiritual journey and, you know, doing a lot of work on myself and... Do you know Tess Whitehurst? Yeah, I just had her on the show. Oh, okay. So I'm a big fan of hers. I read her book, Magical Housekeeping, because I was really into feng shui. And like, I was already into like ritual and, you know, that was in my wheelhouse, even though I wasn't actively practicing magic, but like aligning... Aromatherapy is just a short step from witchcraft anyway, because it's like a physiological effect that these oils have Mm -hmm. that matches kind of intention setting. Um, so I read that book and then I loved it so much that I got another book of hers, holistic energy magic. And it was reading that book that really kind of like, just like threw the like match on the gasoline of like every, like all of a sudden I was like, okay, so I'm a full blown witch now. Yeah. (laughs) And that kind of happened simultaneously with, I was in law school at the time and I had been, you know, working full time during the day and going to law school at night. And it's just, it was just a stressful experience and just, yeah, stressful and mundane. Like I didn't have much of a creative outlet and to make my life as a way of engaging my imagination, I did an experiment where I was like, what if I just imagined that magic was real? And by doing that, I found that magic was real. Okay, that is like the most perfect introduction to magic for anybody who's curious. I think that's such such a great way to go about it because it allows you to suspend disbelief. Yeah, as a way of just engaging my imagination. But then your imagination, it turns out, is like a very powerful tool of creation in the obvious sense of creating an imaginary world or creating art, but also even more. Yep. Around that same time that I just, I got that other book by Tess Whitehurst. And so then that's when my, my magical practice really took off. And it was actually, you know, very easy to incorporate into my practices that I already had, like my meditation practice and my art. So yeah. And in retrospect, I'm like, Oh, right. Like, I was always a witch. Yeah. I think we all have that experience. Once you're finally like, I'm going to wear this label, then you kind of look back on your life and and you're like, I I 
I think it was just there the whole time. Yeah, how did I not know? And by the way, like, mom, you're a witch too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and your parents are very Christian. Do you, what do they think about all of this, or do they even know? Well, I think that. Yeah, they know. I've like gradually kind of. I don't know if they know the full extent of it being a spiritual practice more than just an interest and an aesthetic, but. My parents are pretty cool. They're accepting. They just want me to be happy. They knew I was a crackpot since day one. So I'm not going to be surprising <laughs> them with being out there too much. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I come from a Christian background too. I don't, I don't really actually lay out like what does being a witch mean? I think they probably mm-hmm. think something very similar. It's just like, oh, just this weird creative thing that she's doing and I think they probably think it's very aesthetic and it's the name of my business and it's just me being like kind of a little bit punk rock and weird and (laughs) And also like growing up with that background like when I first it came up with my mom I think it was when I first was doing the pop witch and so I was telling her that I had opened up an Etsy shop and she was like okay but are you a witch and I was like yeah I guess so and then I was like, but it's not like a devil thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you always have to say that to your Christian parents. Because <laughs> <laughs> actually witchcraft is not, I mean, there are a lot of people who are really afraid of the word, but it's like they're burning sage in their house and taking baths with Himalayan salt. And I'm like, so what do you think I'm doing? You know? Yeah. Like it's really just being more intentional about a lot of the rituals that I already had that maybe, you know, those people do too. Mm -hmm. Yep. So how old is Pop Witch? I did. The first planner was the, it's only three or two years old. The first planner was the 2018 planner. So I started it in 2017. Okay. All right. So you launched your Etsy shop Mm -hmm. in 2017. And mm-hmm. then your first planner was a 2018 planner. Mm-hmm. Which I started selling in like 20, the end of 2017. How did that go? Like the very first one you created, did anybody buy it? <laughs> yeah, people bought it. I kind of was just like, oh, I'm, I, like I said, I made it really for myself. But I thought that other people might enjoy it too. So I decided to do an Etsy shop. And I didn't have a kid yet at the time. And I was looking for a creative outlet. So it was actually really fun. And I was like... Um, you know, if I, I was like, maybe I I set a goal for myself. I was like, I would love it. I would feel so validated if I sold like 10 of these and I ended up selling way more than that. And so far what's happened every year with the pop, which is since I'm making these by hand at some point, I just, I make as many as I can possibly make and then they're sold out and that's just how it goes. Mm. Um, but it's, it sells out every year. So it's very, validating and exciting and it makes me feel so good that I can share it with people and it's actually given me a much bigger witch community because I've met people on Instagram through my pop witch account and message with people and people who've you know bought the planner every year so it's been great. Have you ever thought about manufacturing them or do you, are you just always going to keep them handmade like this? I would love to manufacture it. And I have thought about it because like I said, it's, uh, it's a lot of work. So like last year 
I ended up doing a pretty short run because I had a baby in July. And in retrospect, I'm like, what was I even thinking doing it at all? (laughs) But I would have to, maybe I'll blow up after this interview um, and have the amount of demand that I would need to justify. Because I don't want it to be just like a soft cover plastic coil bound planner. I have... I want it to be a certain quality and have a bunch of features. So I would need to have a high enough demand to justify working with the overhead cost of working with a custom manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And it's it's pretty niche. So do you um, take them as the orders come in like on demand or, and then you just burn out and you're like enough, or do you make a whole bunch in advance? It's a mix. Um, I make as many as I can in advance. I do a pre-sale to help me kind of, build up somewhat of a stock and then I can but then I continue making them throughout the season and the first year like I said I was in law school so pretty much like January came around and I worked through like exams and stuff and then I was I I was like okay I just and and it has to do with how many supplies I have if it's February and I have enough to make three more planners I'm not going to order more supplies Right. Yeah. But yeah. Pretty much I make as many as I just can physically make. So right now I wake up in the morning and I work for an hour before work and um, I get a couple hours in after the baby goes to bed and I just make as many as I can. I've gotten a lot faster, but. Wow. So are you a lawyer? Yeah. No, you're a lawyer and a mom and you're running this Etsy shop and making these planners by hand. wow and you seem to have quite the reading habit as well well audiobooks (laughs) that's why the audiobooks audiobooks. yeah I got into audiobooks when I was in law school because I loved to read but I had to do so much reading that I was like it was not fun anymore so yeah audiobooks when I'm in the shower when I'm like riding my bike to work did you hear the interview that I did with Lori Forrest she wrote this the Black Witch Chronicles. Oh yeah, I just listened to that. Okay, I, she. Yeah, dentist. I heard that. Yes. Oh my god, that completely surprised me. But I just bring that up because those audio books. I have not listened to anything beyond the preview because I like to actually read paper books. But you might want to check those out next because the audio, the actor sounds. It sounds great. Yeah, I think I will. I'm always looking for more. I just started one this morning. Um, did you read Carry On by Rainbow Rowell? No. So, yeah, I, without going into the whole thing, but it's really good. And a sequel just came out this month called Wayward Son, as in, like, Carry On, My Wayward Son. Is that witchy? Yeah, it's witchy. She wrote a book called Fangirl, which is about... Uh, a girl who is a fan fiction writer basically for like Harry Potter. Oh. Um, And then carry on is imagining the book that she's writing about, or no, it's her book that she wrote. It's her like fan fiction conclusion to the series. So it's funny because it's based on the framework of Harry Potter. It's like these three friends at like magic school but then the characters are not the same at all. And then, of course, there's like a gay Harry Draco style romance. Um, 
because it's fan fiction, but it's great. She does a really good job making it stand on its own two feet. It was really good. And then she wrote a sequel. Oh, I hope my friend Phoebe's listening to this because she writes fan fiction, but she's also been writing a novel. That's so uh, clever. Such a clever idea. Yeah. And she pulls it off, huh? It's really good. Like, I mean, you would think that using the exact framework of an existing book, you could only go so far, but it's, she really has created a different world with a different vibe. I love it. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I'll have to go back and listen to this episode and take notes. Must it? I know. I thought that too. Cause when you recommended one, I was like, Oh, let me write that down. And then I was like, Oh, I don't want to make noises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I made a lot of noise in the beginning, like opening and closing your day planner, which is awesome, which is the whole reason we're doing this. But I also really quick, I just wanted to get an idea of, of lawyer life. Like what mm. kind of lawyer are you? I am an intellectual property lawyer. I work with patents. Okay. I do, I do patent prosecutions. I get inventions patented. Oh, how interesting. I feel like that runs kind of parallel to being maybe like a lawyer for book contracts and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be like, uh, I mean, yeah, like copyright law would be that. Um, that's a type of intellectual property law too. It's not really what I do, but yeah, it's under the same umbrella. Is the is the witchy stuff, is that like a balance to that kind of mundane by the book, by the letter career that you have? Yes. And it's also very, it's technical because um, I'm working with technology and inventions, which is also an interest that I have. My background in college was in math and physics, but I've always been an artist and I went to art school for high school. So it's kind of a balance of, um, I love problem solving. I love learning, but I need a creative outlet. And I think, and honestly, like having a kid, even though I'm busier, I'm creating more than ever because I just need that for myself. Like I have to be really much more intentional about taking care of myself and giving myself time or else it would never happen as you know as a mom so yeah yeah um, I think it's kind of the same with making sure that I'm a healthy happy person wow what a role model you are going to be I mean that you already are but as your kid grows up like what a role model my mom's a lawyer and this super creative person and she's magical that's so nice thank you I hope that it teaches him that he can just like fuck the rules like be yourself you know even as you say that too, I'm just thinking like these different sides of your personality come together so perfectly in this planner because it has that like structure and that very logical components to it. And then you use your creativity to make it beautiful. Thank you. I mean, I think you can sum it all up by just me telling you that I'm an Aquarius sun and a Virgo moon. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that does sum it up quite nicely, I have to say. Thank you so much for doing this. And so tell people where they can find your Etsy shop. Thank you. So my Etsy shop is The Pop Witch. So it's etsy.com slash shop slash The Pop Witch. You can find, I'm pretty sure that's right. You can find me on Instagram at The Pop Witch. There's also a link to my Etsy shop there if I got that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's right. It's Etsy, The Pop Witch, and Instagram at The Pop Witch. Thank you so much for having me. This is like 
I, like I said, I'm a fan of your show. So it's very surreal to like be hearing your voice. Like I always do and have you actually be talking to me. Talking back and forth. It's so fun. <laughs> I'm so glad you reached out. It was the quickest, it was the quickest yes ever because I really am like a diehard planner nerd. And I was like, hell yes. And the second I saw the pictures, like I, I can't remember what you sent me. It might've been or I might have just like snooped around. I might have just Googled you. I can't remember. But I saw your Instagram pictures and I was like, oh, this is so cute. Yes, yes. Yeah, thank you so much. So yeah, that's where people can get it. I hope they like it. Yeah, it tracks astrology, wheel of the year, full moons, new moons, eclipses, super moons, planet retrogrades, all the basics. Yeah, and do it fast before she runs out of steam, people, because there's only so many she can make. That's, yeah, not just a marketing tactic. It's true. It's the truth. (laughs) So you are going to be able to answer whether you think you can or not. I think whatever your answer is, we all need to lean in a little bit uh, closer here to find out what your one tip is for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Because you certainly, I mean, you have to have some tip if you are a lawyer who is also like the pop witch on the side and a mama. You know, I, I think it's, it sounds like such a corny mom thing to say, but I really think it's just be yourself, like, like be true to yourself. Fuck the rules. Like I said, you know, be like radically and uncomfortably honest with yourself. Sometimes it sucks. That means getting out of a relationship that you thought had potential or a job that you're doing for approval or a living situation or whatever. But really at the end of the day, be yourself, like make your own rules. I love it. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Yay. So I feel like that was timely. It was super timely because it is time to buy your 2020 planner. If you thought that I was a planner nerd before, (laughs) you have no idea the plans that I have for the planner nerdery. For 2020, there's just something so exciting about 2020. So it was really fun to have Pam on the show to talk about her planner, her witchy planner. And before we go, I have to play some music for you because that's what we do now here on the show. I'm going to play a song that is a little vaudevillian. It's, It's absolutely ridiculous in the very best way it is called the salad of doom by sj tucker it is off her album mischief and i think it should be on an album called mischief (laughs) because i said as i said it is ridiculous in the most fun way it's just a really weird fun song i enjoy it it puts me in a good mood And I asked S.J. Tucker if I could play some of her music on the podcast a while back. And I've already played the Witches song for you and her song Wonder, which I love so much. I really, really love those two songs. And then this one is kind of like the wild card. It's just so silly and fun. I just, I had to share it. I had to share it. So here it is. Salad of doom. Salad of doom. Until we meet again. Much love to you. Peace. One, two, three. Beware the blue cheese of Redmond and the honey mustard of blue Stick your paw 
notorious salad of doom. comes crunching while sinister spinach doth creep invading the heart of your luncheon and stirring your belly from sleep tempting and colorful veggies seek only to draw you in and learning your fate you'll find it's too late as dressing drips from your chin iceberg lettuce Will come to chill your soul. Don't say we did and warn you as you blithely fill up your bowl. Oh, heads of lettuce will roll, dress it in flowers and clover, but it consumes you still. In leather and lace, past the bounds of good taste, this salad is dressed to kill. Cherry tomatoes resounds throughout the land. Innocence lost when the salad was tossed, but Dave was just feeding the band. Iceberg lettuce will come to cheer your soul. Don't say we did and warn you as you blithely fill up your bowl. Oh, heads up, lettuce will rise. Vegans best run from the room Be careful how you stick your fork Into the notorious salad of doom Woe to the grazers of green things Whose stomachs will growl all too soon We'll lose all we love In the tastiness of The no Salad of doom, 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 doom.